Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us here on the program. We call it Tell Me Your Story, just as, uh, just as, uh, oh, what is her name? Uh, Black is her last name. Judy, I think it's uh, Judy Black, Irish singer. And of course, if you've heard that song at least once uh, while listening to these programs, or more than once, uh, we've been doing this for over 14 years, folks. Um, she uh, basically shares with us that uh, uh, she wants us to uh, tell her our story because we're basically all the same. We are flesh and blood. You know, when I first heard that song, I thought the song was called Tell Me Your Story. Oh, it's called Flesh and Blood because we're all basically the same. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to talk with a returning guest. We haven't talked with her in a long, long time. I'm not even going to uh, ponder how long, but it's been a while. She's the author of Attitude Reconstruction. We've had her on before. It's a blueprint for building a better life. Why, that's right up our alley, ladies and gentlemen. Jude Bijou is our guest, M-A-M-F-T. Hike, hike. Jude, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks. It's really good to be here. It is a pleasure to be talking with you again. Our main subject today, ladies and gentlemen... And Jude and I, we debated this uh, for, um, oh, a couple of seconds. Wasted no time. <laughs> Wasted no time. We would be considered the, uh, and I just kind of, I don't know if this is a real word or not. I'll have to check with Webster. Um, uh, concrastination, as opposed to a procrastination individual. A person who procrastinates as, a person, as opposed to a person who concrastinates. I mean, there has to be an opposite to it. Uh, and we're going to talk about that today, um, Jude, and it's going to be an interesting conversation. But first, let's talk a little bit about uh, reconstructing one's attitude. Of course, uh, that is the title of your book, and uh, we'll have this up there. I have my copy, and uh, of course, we're all looking for it, and I appreciate your, your signing it. It will be very, very valuable tomorrow or the next day. Uh, uh, here's to more joy, love, and peace. That is what we are looking for, folks. What is this... Uh, I, I've, I remember in some of these personal growth programs, they would talk about changing one's attitude. It's like changing the channel on the TV. That's all you have to do. Just click, click, and it's over. It's not that easy, is it? No. Darn it! <laughs> but you take it in little steps. You ah. can, like, chip away at whatever attitude that you're working on. When did you become interested in uh, this this process of not only, obviously, reconstructing your own attitude, but helping others to do the same. Well, I started when I was a wee young child, and I wasn't happy, and I knew I wasn't happy. And I was looking for the manual, like, hey, where's the book? You know, how come they didn't give me the book? And, of course, they didn't. And so I got what every, you know, Everybody got, we got what our parents taught us and what we learned at school and stuff, but it wasn't cutting it. it I wasn't like feeling, feeling it. So I went, uh, I went to the East. I went to, uh, I got involved in transcendental meditation in the early seventies. And um, um, because I knew that there just had to be something more. And my dad was a psychologist. He was a behavioral psychologist. So I, you know, got that ear for science, but I didn't find the answers there. So I went to the East, got involved in meditation, became a teacher and so on. That sort of ran its course. 
and I became a psychotherapist because I was really fascinated with people and figuring out. I was good at like helping my other my friends like solve their problems, and then I figured I needed a little training for that. So I went and you know did my three thousand hours and all that kind of stuff. And what I discovered was the realm of emotions, which is something that I didn't grow up, you know, in a really emotional family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it like I started to put the pieces together and I realized that, that we just had six emotions, right? And that all of our attitudes, our good attitudes and our bad attitudes stem from these emotions. Mm. So it was a matter of, you know, making a blueprint, like writing all the emotions down, figuring out what we're thinking to ourselves when we're feeling those emotions, what we're, how we're interacting with other people, um, what we're doing, what we're feeling. And, and like I, I started over, over the years, I came up with this blueprint and it's in the inside cover of the book. And that really says, that's the whole, it's the map of the mind. Mm. And what a person can do is identify either what their bad thoughts are, what the, the kind of things they communicate poorly, the kind of actions they take, what they feel, and identify that on the left-hand side and figure out how to go to the right-hand side, which because everything, what I learned in meditation, that everything's in opposites in the material world. Mm-hmm. So go from sadness to joy, anger to love, fear to peace. And it's really, I'll just sort of keep going here, that it's really interesting because I knew nothing really about emotions. And what I discovered is that emotions are just energy, emotion, energy in motion. So it's just a feeling, a sensation in the body that um, manifests And we either deal with it constructively or we don't. And when we don't, we take on bad attitudes to compensate. So for the anger, we get grumpy and aggressive. And for the sadness, we get depressed and feel bad about ourselves. And for the fear, we get freaked out. We get anxious. We get, woo, because each of the six emotions, three three, three pairs of two, each feel different in our body. They're each different physiology. Hmm. Would I be wrong in stating that what makes us the same is that we all experience the same emotions? What makes us unique, and I say it that way, is the stories that have generated those emotions. That's, that's, that's right on. We, you know, we got the, um, we got, we were born with an emotional constitution. In Ayurveda, there, it's called kapha, pitta, uh, uh, vata, and those correlate with the emotions. So we come in, and you know, like if you have three kids in the family, one could be a hellion, one could be a sort of a blob, and one could be a nervous wreck. Or maybe they all have the same constitution. So we came in with one. And then depending on our history, we interpret stuff through those, the lens of that emotions. And we can have more than one dominant emotion for sure. There's actually seven different combos. So it can be a fear, fear, anger person, mm-hmm. a sadness, anger person, and so on. 
but so we we come in but we build those those that wiring those attitudes that we take on because we don't deal with the emotions that naturally come up we got all these messages from our parents from society don't don't show your anger mm. especially big boys men. yeah big boys don't cry that's it yeah you know don't be a scaredy cat mm-hmm yeah. You know, so, so we had to figure out what we're going to do with these emotions because it wasn't okay to express them. And when we did express them and you know, we had those temper tantrums, we really got punished for it or ignored. or it did, Nobody went, oh, good for you, boy. That's just really good. That's a normal emotion. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Our parents were freaked out because we, we seemed out of control and they wanted to stifle it. Yeah. Our... Uh... Are uh, these are kind of extremes here, but <clears throat> are narcissists or psychopaths or sociopaths emotionless? Their emotions. Everybody has these emotions. Mm-hmm. It's just that in order to survive, people have to deal, learn how to deal with these emotions in very in varied ways. Mm-hmm. And so, like some people really, really express those emotions. So they're just like flatline. But of course, they still, you know, because emotions are natural. Yeah. When when there's a, an injustice or a violation, we naturally feel angry. Mm-hmm. But yeah. a, a sociopath, or something, it's just like, nope, I'm not even going to pay any attention to that. Yeah. It doesn't exist. We're talking with Jude Bijou. Her, she is the author of Attitude Reconstruction. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I think that uh, an attitude adjustment is uh, definitely in in uh, indefinite in need uh, on a on a national level <clears throat> because there are people who are caught up in their emotions over. Things that they say they know, when in reality they know nothing, what they do is they believe the information that they have received. And I'm not picking on any one group by any means. I'm in the same category. There are things I believe I don't know, and um, my emotions are uh, sometimes uh, swayed by some of those beliefs. Uh, matter of fact, um, I was just uh, uh, experiencing uh, a challenge of my own where I have to maintain the, le- the, the, the level of observer and not getting involved emotionally in order to be there to support my wife. She just uh, experienced a loss in her family, uh, and uh, she, she is now the last... I don't want to say surviving, but she is the last member of her family alive today. Now, she has extended family, relatives, aunts, uncles, nieces, nieces and nephews and so forth. All the siblings, the parents, she's the last one. And uh, her, her sister passed <clears throat> on a rather auspicious day, I might add, uh, 2-22-22 which I thought was rather interesting. Now, I've dubbed uh, 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 2022 as the year uh, of Deuces Wild. And, of course, February 22nd, 22, was really Deuces Wild. And I say Deuces Wild means opportunities abound. Okay? That's how I look at it. 
But, uh, you know, I have to be the observer right now. I cannot get drawn into her emotional state. It isn't that I don't care, but I can't support her. I can't help her through. And l- here's the other key, too, I think. And I, wanna, I want your input on this, uh, Jude, and that is, do I have to let her go through the emotions she's going through, or do I try to stop? Oh, honey, don't cry. It's all right. It's going to be okay. Everything's uh, yeah, because <laughs> the platitudes don't really help, do they? No, they don't. Those are exactly the messages that we got growing up, and so we stifled all that sadness. Yeah. Like, grief is is normal for hurts and losses, yeah. so we need to cry. So I would say, you just say, go for it, sweetie, go for it, cry it out, just cry, I'm here for you, and I know that you're so sad, Mm -hmm. go for it, just cry. I actually uh, take a a little different tack in that same line, I just don't say anything and just let her go. I hold her, and I just let her go. That, that's that's perfect. You know, that's perfect. Uh, and I know that uh, each day it'll get a little better. But I saw a very interesting diagram, six of these mason jars. <clears throat> and the first row was the first three. And in the first and these were all the same size mason jars. And in the first mason jar, there was this large black ball. In the second mason jar, there's a smaller black ball. In the third mason jar, there's an even smaller black ball. Now, I said six mason jars. The second set of mason jars uh, were graduated smaller, medium, and large. And in the first mason jar was a big black ball like the one in number one. And in uh, the, uh, the fifth mason jar, it was a little larger, but the same size ball, black ball, was in that one. In the sixth mason jar, which was the largest, which is the same size as the first row, there was a tiny little black ball. And the caption basically said that grief doesn't diminish. We, our lives grow around it. Hmm. In other words, we grow. It may stay the same size, but we grow. We expand. We maybe understand a little more because, you know, we still we still miss people. I still miss my grandmother. I nearly got thrown out of the church at seven years of age after her passing. Um, my dear friend Dave, who died in our home in Phoenix <clears throat> with my, my second wife, um, <clears throat> he was a neighbor. And we had him come into our home because he'd lost the lease on his house. And he died of an aneurysm in our home. And I remember the next day we were both exhausted and I woke up and I just was mad as all get out. I'm not mad like that anymore, but I still miss him and because I really wanted to learn more from him. He's going to teach me more about cars, you know, and mechanics and so forth, which would have come in handy recently. But um <laughs> Do you think that that's probably more true than not, that grief doesn't really shrink or get smaller? Uh, We just grow uh, in our our acceptance and understanding in that grief. Well, no, I sort of spin it is that the grief is more intense at the beginning. Okay. And 
and it diminishes and diminishes. But there's always laws. We, we always have the sweet memories and maybe we have anger about it. Like it's, it's normal when somebody passes that we could feel angry. Your yeah. wife could have, be angry that, that her last sibling or whatever yeah, passed. Her sister, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, 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 you know, that, that she might need to confront that anger as well. Yeah. And the fear of her, maybe her own immortality. It, all of those oh, emotions yeah. can come yeah. up. That, that came up yesterday. Not only her mortality, but mine. You know, yes. I don't want you to die. I don't want to die. Now, she, like many people, are so uncertain about what comes after this life that they're afraid of it. And it's not that they haven't heard all of the different stories. I mean, I kind of like the Viking version, Valhalla, you know? <laughs> um, there's another version I heard of. We were watching this uh, documentary on uh, a program called Before, a documentary on Before the Wrath, talking about the Christian philosophy of uh, the rapture, the second coming, the apocalypse, uh, Armageddon, et cetera, et cetera. And they said uh, that we're, we've all been asking the wrong question, you know, which has been when. And actually, we should be asking why. Why, why, why? Why the second coming? Why the rapture? Why this? And then, of course, they said, why heaven? And then they described what our lives will be like in heaven. And I'm thinking, that's boring. You mean, and, and again, no disrespect, but you mean to tell me that for the rest of eternity, we're just going to be basking in the glow of the of, 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 uh, of the of the creator? Yeah, I, I'd rather come back here. As difficult as it has been sometimes, I'd rather come back here. Um, you know, and uh, I have a different perspective of what comes next. <clears throat> but I will tell you, I said something to my wife in regards to her orphan status. She even used that word. She said, I feel like an orphan. I says, well, I'm, I'm willing to adopt you. She says, really? Are you? I said, yeah. As well as my family, my side of the family that's still all there. I said, you should be honored that now you get to represent the family or as she used the word of all that have passed, the army that is on the other side. I says, you should be honored that you get to represent the family now, you know? Oh, that's lovely. And I honestly believe that. I think that my parents, on my side of the family, my parents have created a hell of a legacy. They're great-grandparents. I'm a great-uncle, okay? That's pretty cool. I like it. Four generations are living now. What a legacy. And it doesn't matter who's left as long as maybe somebody's left to continue to tell the stories. So I say... Keep telling the stories, dear. You know, they're yours to tell now. Well, that's lovely. That's yeah. lovely. And that's part of that healing as she moves through her grief yeah. is to talk about all of the lovely memories that she has yeah. and to cry while mm -hmm. she's doing it, yeah. to cry. When we uh, continue here, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the other emotions as well as we talk with... Uh, Jude Bijou, she is the author of Attitude Reconnection, Attitude Reconnect Reconstruction, beg your pardon, Attitude Reconstruction, Attitude Reconnection, that's another book for another program. Uh, also, the website, it is attitudereconstruction.com, 
where they can find out more about you. By the way, <clears throat> it's been, I don't know how long it's been since we've had you on the program. I still have that giant laminated, I call it placemat, of what's on the inside cover and the outside and the back cover as well of your book. I still have that. You know, I even thought about putting it down on the table as a sort of a placemat. <laughs> Evidently, yes, people do that. Yeah. It's great conversation, and it's a real quick little guide to, mm, I'm feeling a little funky. Where am I? Oh, where do I need to go? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really, really great. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, 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 just, I just find it very cool, and I hope that folks will stay tuned to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Jude Bijou is my guest. Attitude Reconstruction is the title of the book. It's also the uh, the name of the website, atta.com, attitudereconstruction.com. It is a blueprint for building a better life. And we've been wanting to do that. That's, that's why we're here, Jude, is we want to build a better life for everyone. But, of course, each individual has to want to and then has to do their own work. I can't do the work for my wife. She can't do the work for me. Um, let's talk a little bit about joy and exuberance, happiness. Um, I don't want. I, I want to just say their emotions. I don't want to say positive or negative. Um, yeah. I I am not a believer in dualism anymore. I am a believer in it is what it is. It's like um, if you look out through a telescope, oh, the James Webb telescope, and you, you look at Venus, and it's just kind of sitting there. Oh, it is what it is. And you look over here, and you see a supernova exploding. Okay? It just is what it is. Um, so the emotions that we have, they just are what they are. But let's talk about the emotions that most people would like to be in. And I would have to say that I, I don't think they'd want to be in them all the time because, again, it's kind of – even though it's great to laugh and smile and, and be enthusiastic and I like to think of myself as an optimist, um, you're going to have those moments when you aren't going to be. And it kind of helps you to, what, stay in balance. Uh, well, because, because each of the six emotions, we can create them by our thoughts, mm -hmm. by our attitudes, mm -hmm. and we also, there are responses to specific events. Right. Like hurts and losses, naturally going to feel sadness. But the opposite, when we see beauty, when we feel good, mm. when, we, when we know who we are, we naturally feel joy. You remember the movie, the TV series Little House on the Prairie? I know the name. Uh, I didn't I, watch it. I used to cry. Oh my God! I would sit there. We'd be. I was young, and I I'd tear up over these episodes sometimes. Uh, and of course, that means they're doing the right thing. They have. They got me. You know. But that's the that's the yeah. natural reaction to yeah. to gestures of caring yeah. and understanding. The natural thing is to feel that love and to express it in. In tears. Is there a, something slightly amiss if I'm not interested in watching things of a scary nature? I don't, I don't like horror movies. I'm not into Freddy Krueger or Friday the 13th or The Chainsaw Massacre. By the way, my first wife and I, we'd never seen it. People talked about it. So we, we got it. Uh, it took us like 20 minutes to turn it off. We were so mesmerized. Uh, and it was, oh, wow. I've even watched, I think I've actually walked, uh, watched uh, Clockwork Orange. Not so much a horror flick, but it's bizarre, right? 
uh, and some of these others. But I, I just don't I don't like getting into the dramas anymore. It's like I've had enough of the drama. I got enough in my own life. I don't need any more. I don't want to need to. I, I watch cartoons, Jude. I watch Family Guy and Hank, uh, Hank Hill uh, and uh, uh, King of the Hill, propane and propane accessories. Yes. I, 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 I know that and I go in knowing they're stupid. OK, I know that. And yes, maybe a little offensive to some people, but I, I grew up watching Warner Brothers and all of these different cartoons and, and Mark, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, you know, and so on and so forth. I just love cartoons. By the way, it's the reason why I'm a PC man, Windows man, and not an Apple man, because a PC, uh, Apple products, whether it's an iPhone or an Apple computer, the colors are all washed out. And it's not exciting to me, whereas on my computer, ha. <sighs> And I can make them as vibrant as I want, too. Is there something wrong with me that I don't want to watch these horror films? No, no, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. Why do I want... I've got enough fear in my life because fear happens around survival, when our survival feels threatened. And there's there's enough of that, of, you know, when you have to talk in front of 5,000 people, and naturally you're going to feel that fear. There's enough instances where I have to experience that emotion that I don't, I don't enjoy that. Yeah. I would much rather feel the opposite and feel peaceful. Mm-hmm. So I, they don't get my money on that. Now I, I, uh, on an occasion, I do like watching true stories that have been made in the movies. This is based on a true story uh, and, and watching the unfoldment. <clears throat> um, we actually, I think we watched a, a, a movie uh, about a guy who um, was accused by his daughter uh, of murdering his daughter's best friend. Now, she was uh, seven at the time, uh, but she didn't, but it was 20 years after the fact, and she started having the memories. And he actually uh, went to prison for, uh, um, I want to say, a couple of years until uh, before the uh, case was overturned. It was all based upon... Uh, um, uh, what what do they call it? Uh, repressed memories, that kind of stuff. And uh, of course, in California, because this is where it happened in California. Um, now you, you can't can't and, and under hypnosis. That was the other thing. That was the key right there. Was hypnosis. They will not allow you to uh, uh, present a person's testimony if it was uh, uh, derived from a hypnotic state, because you know anything can can happen. I've been through hypnotic states. I don't know about you. But the hypnotist I went to, and this was a physician, a, 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 a therapist uh, who used hypnosis, it's conscious. I, I'm hearing every word I'm saying. I'm completely conscious. But he is never, ever feeding me information. He's always asking me questions about what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What do you taste? What do you smell? What, 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 what's, what's coming in? He's never prompting me, do you see this? Do you hear that? Do, you know, and to me, that's the way the session should go. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but uh, in terms of, um, let's say, these repressed memories, in terms of our emotions, uh, do you feel that what sometimes what we do is uh, an event is so traumatic uh, that and the emotions are so intense that the mind says, uh-uh, you got to protect, I got to protect myself. 
I'm putting this in the back of the closet or I'm putting this in the basement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That they're just too intense yeah. and they just feel like they'll kill us yeah. if we really feel the depth of that emotion. I wonder if anybody has ever had the, the, the depth of the of, of emotions of <laughs> of joy and bliss and happiness that they've repressed those. I mean, it doesn't seem like that would be the case, but uh, could it be too much? Uh, I don't uh, it's for me it's more that there's so much sadness that has been suppressed that it's covering up the joy Uh, okay all right that makes sense yeah or so much anger that we can't feel the love that's there but we just can't access it because Mm -hmm. of all the anger that we have or the same thing with fear there's so much fear circulating around in our body that we can't feel the emotion mm-hmm. of peace. Ladies and gentlemen, you've probably been listening to this program for about 30 minutes and you're sitting there going, uh, Richard, didn't you say you was going to talk about procrastination? <laughs> well, I've been procrastinating and we're going to talk about that right here on Tell Me Your Story. Jude Bijou is my guest and her book is entitled uh, Attitude Reconstruction and our topic today is procrastination. I have procrastinated enough, Jude. It's time that we talk about procrastination. First of all, I love defining terms. What is it? Well, first I've got to tell you, I put out a monthly newsletter that people can sign up for on my website and the topic a couple months ago that you uh, keyed in on was procrastination. And I got the most response of any newsletter. Wow. People saying, oh, I was going to write you, but I put it off. <laughs> That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. And, and you know, everybody on that theme, but it really, really resonated because we all put off tasks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's putting off stuff that seems daunting or unpleasant or confusing, or treacherous, you know, emotionally volatile, Mm -hmm. that there's just, we just want to put it off, making the phone call, doing our taxes, confronting a neighbor, you know, so many things where there's just emotions that are keeping us from doing what we know within just yeah. needs to be done. Speaking of taxes, this being tax time, um, it used to be that I would, as soon as I got my W-2, I would do my taxes immediately. I'd go online, maybe to one of the services like TurboTax. I'd do it all. I'd send it off electronically, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, I started owing money. I thought, oh, I'm just going to put it. I don't want to see the numbers. No, I don't, I don't want to see the numbers. And I'd put it off until February, March, early April. I think I even actually went to late April 15th one year. Then I found out they'd extended it to the 17th. <laughs> anyway, yeah. now, <clears throat> now I actually do it early because uh, I do get a refund, which is fine. I mean, I'd rather just zero out. Okay, just zero out. Give it all to me during the year and just don't have me pay you anything more at the end of the year. Uh, Of course, there's another side of the whole taxes thing, too. It's like, wait a minute. You guys already have all this information. Why do I have to do your work for you? We're in the computer age after all. Come on. But anyway, um, yeah, procrastination. there's, There's another element. And that is when we're putting stuff off, it starts to interfere with our quality of life. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And so like, that's a good reason to, all right, I need to figure out a good strategy because yeah. it's always sitting there on our shoulder. Oh man, those taxes are coming up. And then it's like, how am I enjoying the sunset? I'm thinking about my taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, my solution to that is get a CPA. <laughs> Let Here, here's my W-2, you do it. And then I'm done with my taxes. Just bring it to me, I'll sign it, and you can mail it. We, uh, we put off a lot of stuff sometimes to our own detriment. And I'm not talking about filing my taxes on the 18th, 19th, or 20th of April here. Uh, I'm talking about um, another aspect that we might want to take a look at here in terms of procrastination. And that is, on this program, we talk regularly uh, about people participating in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, okay? A matter of fact, the thought just occurred to me, why 2020? Why 20 feet at 20 feet? Why not 30 feet or 10 feet or 15? It's interesting, <laughs> 20, 20. Anyway, uh, and we ask people to go within and listen to that still small voice. We get these promptings all the time to do stuff. You know, you ought, you know, you ought to cross the street here or you ought to go ahead and do your taxes now or whatever it is the prompting is. And we hear it. We recognize it. We even acknowledge it. Uh, OK. All right. I hear you. I hear you. But we don't do anything. And the longer we put it off, the long uh, by we get to that uh, uh, we get to that um, demarcation moment where, oh, I wish I had, <laughs> and now it's too late. I had one of those moments where I was getting this prompting to do something on a financial level. No, that's in complete contrary to my plan, my financial plan of what I'm trying to do. And it kept hammering away. And, all right, okay, all right, I'll do it. And I realized after I had done it, fortunately it was in plenty of time, if I hadn't done it when I did, things would have been even worse. Is there a way for you in the work that you do through whether it be attitude reconstruction or otherwise to encourage, cajole, incite someone <laughs> to take the action they know they should they really should do in such a way as look yes you have free will and i'm not telling you what to do but you really should follow through because you'll feel better ah feel more joy love and peace you always get to the heart of it don't you yes sir yes sir because the other way putting it off just ignites that anger. Well, I have to do my taxes. Why didn't the government do it for heaven's sakes? Yeah. You know, or I've said, oh, I'm going to owe so much money and I don't can't afford it. Or the fear, you know, oh, how much is it? All of those kind of emotions are in play. Emotions really are controlling us. And we can choose whether we're doing behaviors and thinking thoughts that are going to increase sadness, anger, and fear or joy, love, and peace. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really that simple. All right. Now, you just rattled off the six, didn't you? Yes, sir. Give those to us again. Sadness, anger, and fear, and their opposites. Sadness to joy. Sadness, I'm heavy and down. Joy, I feel up and bubbly. Anger, I want to 
kill. I want to destroy. I want to put aggressive love. I'm feeling warm and, you know, want to bring people in and bring in the sunset and bring in. So they feel opposite and fear. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? And peace, the mm -hmm. opposite, relaxed, but aware, mm. not comatose, aware. And we really have a choice about what am I, what am I perpetuating at this minute? What am I thinking? What am I saying? What am I doing? Am I perpetuating sadness, anger, and fear, or perpetuating joy, love, and peace? And we're re responsible. We have a choice. That's the deal. We have, you know, we have a choice. Where does the observer uh, come into this this mix? Because it was something that was said to me in regards to uh, a challenge I was going through earlier uh, last year. They said, uh, "Don't get dragged into the drama." Be the observer. Be the observer. That's peace. If, ah. if you, yes. Okay. You're watching, participating, but not getting sucked away into your future thoughts or into your past thoughts. You're just observing with an open heart and in the present time. Yeah. Because peace, we're in the present. Right? Mm -hmm. And when we're in fear, we're in the future based on the past. I, I have to say that I got sucked into the political arena in September 2016. Took me six months to get unsucked. Uh, I came up with a, a three-level and then a four-level process uh, that brought me out of that. Uh, the first one was, and it was the hardest thing to, I had to say it out loud. I knew I had to say it out loud. Thank you, teacher, for teaching me how not to behave. To make reference to that person as being a teacher. Oh, come on. No. You know. Then the next level was I forgive you. But more importantly, I forgive me for allowing myself to be dragged into or sucked into this quagmire. The third phase was. What is it that you are so afraid of that makes you speak and behave in this manner? I'm not asking you to change. I just need to know so that I can put this behind me. I can go on with my life. But one of my guests shared a fourth, a fourth and final step. And it is basically saying with genuine heart, humility, and conviction, I love you. That's it. Just, I love you. You have every right to be here, whether I like or don't like what you do or say or who you are, or what have you. Uh, you know, and under other circumstances, who knows? We might have been best of friends. But uh, yeah, I spin it slightly differently, but it takes you to the same place. Okay. That, that it is a, a matter of acceptance, accepting what we think we cannot accept. Right. And, that, and, that, that prayer, right? Well, it's a different prayer. Okay. This is by Albert Ellis, who was an old psychologist, cognitive behavioral psychologist, who said something very profound. People and things are the way they are, not the way I want them to be. Mm. People and things, because 100,000 reps, what I tell clients, 
You don't like the, the drivers. People and things are the way they are, not the way I want them to be. And you can personalize it. Mm-hmm. This politician, this this uh, guy at work, he, that is the way he is. I have to accept yeah. that it's uh, that because when we don't accept, we're angry. Yeah. And now, that doesn't do us any good at all. So we have to go to acceptance and then figure out what do we need to do. Mm-hmm. Because in that acceptance is, I wish you well, I love you, you know, yeah. with God, whatever your terminology is for that. But then you're free to do whatever you need to do to handle the political situation or right. whatever. Yeah. Jude Bijou, my guest, Attitude Reconstruction, attitudereconstruction.com is the website. We hope that you will go there, find out more about the work that Jude is doing here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it's really a pleasure to have Jude back again. Uh, I think we had Joan a few times, actually, but many, many years ago. We've been doing this 14 years, if you can believe that, over 14. Uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing, the number of people and the podcasts and video casts and all of that good stuff that we've got going, and now people are going to be able to see you as well as hear you and what, yeah. the, what you have to say. Yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit more about that, that this process in terms of um, two words. Now, you've used the word acceptance, but there's another word that's being used that I am staying away from because it is so, I want to say, agitationally charged, okay? And I disagree with, with it because I disagree with the usage in the same context uh, but a lot of people, they talk about how we want to have tolerance. And actually, there's judgment in that word. Tolerance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tolerate you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, I would rather have you do what you just said from that one gentleman. Okay? You are the way you are, not the way I'd like you to be. So I am just going to accept you. It doesn't mean that I agree with you. Exactly. It just means that I accept you as a member of this population of human beings. You have a right to be. It is what it is. It is what it is. I I can't do anything. I can do something about it, but I have to first base it on acceptance and then what yeah. do I want to do? What yeah. what makes sense for me to do? But see, to me, to tolerate you yeah. I'm not so is to say that. you're wrong in the way you are, but I'll tolerate you. Yeah. No, no. I, I Acceptance is really the key when a person has that anger as their more dominant emotion is there's something they're not accepting. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what am I not accepting? And I darn well better accept it because that's the way they are. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. I got to get it. So it's a lot of self-talk and, and interrupting that. But they shouldn't be that way. Yeah. But they are. But they I got to accept it yeah. for my own heart, for my own peace of mind, so that I can move on and figure out what I need to do or what I need to say. But it's based on accepting. Rather, if we do it from not accepting the things that we do in response are not very pretty. I think, too, that uh, even my first uh, uh, phase in that process for me, thank you, teacher, for teaching me how not to behave. (laughs) You're going to behave that way. I am acknowledging that that's the way you're going to behave. 
I, I even said this to my mother. I said, if I spoke to you that way, my cheeks would be red from your slapping me in the face. Okay? And I would never talk to you that way. I wouldn't. Not just because I didn't want to get my face slapped, but because that's not the way I was raised. No. Uh, no. So I think that acceptance is a better word than tolerance. Much Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Yeah. It, is, it is the key because that, that is the key to go from anger to love is I've got to accept what I'm not accepting. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a couple other keys. Please. Just mm -hmm. that to go from fear to peace, we've got to go into the present and to be specific. Specific is a word I love because what happens when we're in fear, we're lumping everything together. We're lumping and jumping. Oh, what's going to happen? Or oh, will it happen like this last week and the year before? Oh, my gosh. And so we're in that perpetual state of agitation because we are not being in the present and we're not being specific, which means isolate what is the problem and just deal with that one thing. Don't lump. Don't jump. Don't extrapolate. Don't minimize. Don't maximize. Just stay specific and deal with one thing at a, at a time. That's the way to feel peace rather than fear. And then the, the, the way with sadness, to go from sadness to joy is when we accept who we are, when we love ourselves. So we speak up because we're a human being, what you're, you're thinking, we're, this is me, I'm a human being. I, I don't have to feel bad about myself. I don't have to feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Those are things that are going to make us feel more sadness. But when we are like a, that little two-year-old that you go, you're so sweet and you're so wonderful. And the little kid says, I know. <laughs> because we all know mm -hmm. we just have gotten all those messages that say we're not okay. We're not okay. So it's about self-love to get to joy. From, and to move out of that sadness. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, it's, it's also another perspective one can take, and that is basically to say, you know, I, I, uh, I may not like what you're doing and all this stuff, I accept you, but you know what? There may be people who may be in that same position of going, you know what? I don't like the way you do those those things or this or that or the other i'm i'm still going to accept you as a member of the human race i'm still going to treat you with kindness you know that kind of stuff i in other words is it putting the shoe on the other foot or yes. walking a mile in someone else's shoes and saying hey i could be the person not being liked not wanting to be people not wanting to be around around um um around us so I just it's just amazing to me uh, um, that we are we, we become so short, so short sighted. Um, but I also find it fascinating, too, that that our our fears, our anger and our sadness are based upon. Um, I'm going to say faulty information. It's information that is either incomplete or has been transmitted incorrectly. It's kind of like that uh, that game we play uh, at camp, you know, where you tell a story and you yeah. pass it around the. Uh, I know there's a name for it, but I can't think of it. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, and the, by the time it gets, it started out with, 
Uh, Billy is six feet tall, comes back around to ice cream is green. What? That's not how it started. That's not the, you know, and we generate emotions over uh, inaccurate. I, I'm not going to use the word false, but just inaccuracies, incorrect information. And then we go off. And of course, this goes into the whole aspect of beliefs. Uh, you know, we, there are things that I believe. There are things that you believe. We may not really have any evidence to support it. It's just what we believe. Or I love uh, I love the story of uh, the holiday story of uh, grandma who uh, always cooks a ham on this particular holiday. And the kids are over there and grandma every year she pulls out the pan to bake the ham and she cuts off the ends and she puts it in the pan and she puts it in the oven. And finally, one of the kids asked grandma, said, Grandma, you know, why, why do you do that? Every year I see you cut the ends off of the ham and you put it in the pan and then you, you, uh, you put it in the oven to bake it. And uh, I said, why do you do that, she says, uh, the kid says. Oh, grandma says, well, it's because if I don't, the, pa the ham won't fit in the pan. So I got to cut off the ends. And I was like, well, why don't you just buy a bigger pan? But see, we think grandma's nuts because <laughs> she keeps cutting off the ends of the ham. Yeah. something's not right here. Okay. Well, we don't know the whole story. And now we do, you know, she doesn't want to buy a bigger pan. She likes the pan she's working with. Okay. That's the way she is. Okay. So accept her that way. Exactly. And besides, now you got these slivers on the end, off the ends that you can use for something else, you know, anyway. Uh, so I find that in this day and age, that seems to be the biggest issue that we're dealing with is I don't want to say the information flow, but the flow of information, um, I don't know, that what, that is not vetted, you know, it's not parsed. Well, uh, it comes through our, our skewed uh, uh, emotions. So if we're angry and we hear certain things, it's going to rile us up even more. And if we're frightened, if we have a lot of fear and we hear something, it's going to rile us into more fear that it again we we reflect the uh, ex what what we what we experience are based on our emotions mhm mm well i i tell you it's um it's something that we try to uh, uh, accentuate on this program is accuracy, but by the same token, with the subject matter we deal with, it is hard to be accurate because everybody has their own perspective Absolutely. on spirituality, on metaphysics. So we talk about mythology. We talk about so many healing modalities, you know, uh, and so on. And the list goes on of, of the various things we talk about on this program. And I personally, when I, when I express myself personally uh, on a particular issue or subject like to this program that's all on me folks that is not i'm not putting that on anybody it's mine now if you like some of it that's that's up to you if you don't like it that's also up to you but it's mine i own it it's mine but as i said to my sister one day um when we she was sort of challenging my personal faith and belief I said, my beliefs of today are of yesterday are not my beliefs of today, are not my beliefs of tomorrow, because I'm still growing, I'm still learning, I'm still experiencing. 
Um, and I don't know where I'm going to be in a year, five years, 10 years, uh, 50 years. I hope I'm still here in 50 years. Of course, that'll make me 110, you know, and I hope I'm, I'm, I hope I'm just like this at 110. Uh, but, um, we are, we are evolving even spiritually. Absolutely. And, uh, so, uh, I think that's one of the other things, too, that I, I think people are missing out on. And that is, I mean, why do you send your kids to school? To evolve mentally, intellectually. That is an evolutionary process. You're taking in new information and you're learning how to process it. Um, but I think you're right. We, we, we get it through these filters. And, of course, I could call it the Internet. That's one. That's one of them. Yes. Um, how important... From that standpoint, is our intuition. That's the only guide that we really have. I mean, we have our mind, but the mind is fickle. It's exactly what you've been talking about. We get new input and we change our opinion. We get, we get you know, something that comes in that's against what we believe, and now we hold on to our opinion very small. And it, it, it changes from day to day where the intuition, which is that inner knowing, stays constant. And so that's really where the guiding light needs to come from, because it's like what you were talking about earlier. You didn't pay attention. You, you know, you were into procrastination. You listened to the mind that said, oh, I don't want to deal with that right now, rather than going yeah. within to the intuition, yeah. which only we only hear well when we aren't emotionally overcharged. Yeah. Well, I blame the universe because it's the universe that asks the questions. I'm just along for the ride. And so I defer, uh, I defer responsibility. <laughs> no, I can't do that either. Uh, but, but to your inner knowing. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, I just, I feel this. I, I feel like it's yeah. time to yeah. do this. You yeah. know, and, and nobody can say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. It's I do feel that way. Yeah. This is what's true for me. You know, when I was working for the Christian station, I would hear all kinds of stories about spiritual experiences that people had. And it was so sad when people of quote unquote authority or expertise would say, oh, no, no, no. It doesn't say it in the book. You could never have had that like near death experience. I mean, I'd sit there and I'd, I'd challenge them only to the standpoint I, I would never take away their experience or, or uh, uh, um, downgrade it, if you will. But I would say, well, wait a minute, it only it says in the Bible that it is appointed every man once to die and then the judgment. But you say you died. The medical community says you were dead for 10 minutes. So what's the deal here? What does that passage mean? Is it wrong or are you wrong? You didn't really die. I mean, I asked that question of Lazarus. Jesus lays Lazarus, lays, uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But Paul says it's appointed to every man once to die and then the judgment. So who's right here? Or is there are there exceptions? Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like you get off into this this quag mental quagmire of this whole thing. Uh, you know, that just being an example thereof. So, OK, well, it says in your book, da, 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 and yet you say you had this. Da, 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 da. I, I, how do I reconcile the two? How about you accept that bro, maybe they're both true? And, and everybody has their inner knowing. Yeah. And here's the biggest key. And I don't know if you've had any supernatural experiences. My mother asked me once and I said, well, if I have, I just took them as normal everyday things. Um, 
but uh, uh, the experiences that this person has had have has changed them, and it makes them who they are now. And you are going to discount that, which means you're discounting them, and that's that's not right. Right on, right on. Listen, I want to get back to procrastination. Oh, sure. <laughs> just, just for a minute. Okay. I love where we're going, but I want to just give a couple of, of tips, a couple of suggestions Please. That, I, that I've done. And that is, so if you have, to, you know, you need to do something, you need to have a difficult conversation with somebody, deal with your emotions, have a little cry about it, find a way to release the anger constructively, mm-hmm. but physically, you know, mm-hmm. go and yell at the beach, but yell nonsense. Not like, oh, I hate you, but mm-hmm. it's like, ah, I'm just mad. And then accept. But And then after you've had your cry or your shake and shiver out that fear energy, then it's a matter of getting your head on straight. And that means going, I'll, I can do this. I can do this. I'll feel better when I get this done. So that that is the tape that's accompanying your action, not like, oh, it's a hassle. Oh, I shouldn't have to do this. Oh, why aren't they like this? It's like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I'll feel better. I'll feel better. So that's the pattern. That's the mental component to have as you take your action. And and I just say, make it. Figure out what you need to do beforehand. Do some planning. Mm-hmm. Figure out what are the steps I need to take. Now, and, you're raising a very interesting point, too. You think that might also be part of this as well, is looking back in the past where you didn't procrastinate, when you completed that task, you felt better. You felt relieved. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Okay, non-procrastination shall also set you free emotionally. Exactly, exactly. But And especially if you do it from an emotional acceptance, I need yeah. to make this call, I need to handle it, I can do this, I can do this, it won't kill me, I can do this, I'll feel better, and then figure out what you need to say, what's true for you mm-hmm. in your heart, not what's pointing a finger at them and telling them how they messed everything up. Talk about your truth. And figure it out in advance, then go, time to make that call. When am I going to do that? Oh, tomorrow morning, first thing before I brush my teeth? Great. Just go and do it because I'll feel better. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's, I have to say, an interesting sensation to do that. Um, If you can, especially if it is a conversation, not so much taxes, but just a conversation with someone that you really need to share something with them. You're not sure how they're going to respond. And and I I think that it might be a a little bit of a, a disservice to the other person if you say, now, I don't want you to get mad. I don't want you to get angry. I'm not trying to make this. In other words, you're already prepping them to feel a certain way. Exactly. You, because when you communicate, you need to talk about what's true for you mm-hmm. about whatever the specific upset is. Yeah. And that's why it takes planning. To, you can't just, oh, I'll wing it because easy to derail. But if I know, oh, this is what I want to convey to them, 
-hmm. and then you've done your homework and then it's like no brainer do i'm going to say this i'm going to say this and i'm going to listen to them then i'm going to thank them for listening and then i'm going to feel like we, we decide if we're going to take some action or not mm -hmm. and we're done and I, I feel great is it effect is it uh as effective if i was to write it uh, write the communication to yeah. somebody Absolutely. Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Okay. Again, you have to look. Hey, no, it's because I need to hear them out. You know, I'll, I can give them my perspective and what my needs are and wants are and so on. But I also need to hear them and so that we can come to some arrangement in the middle. Yeah. Or it's like, no, I really need to get my thoughts down. I'll write them out. I'll send them to them and then say, hey, think about this for a while and then Tell me your thoughts, and then we can go back and forth. It just really depends. It depends. Well, I am thrilled at the prospect of resolving uh, certain issues in my life through this process of acceptance and realizing that, uh, I, and probably for me, the first thing is, there's nothing I can do about it anyway, so I might as well just accept it. I can't, you know... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know that if you have a grain of mustard, a faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, you can move mountains. I'm not sure if that's a literal or figurative, but or metaphorical. Be that as it may, uh, my intellect says I can't do that literally. I can't move the San Inez Mountains. I don't care, you know, how much faith I've got. And besides, the other question is why? Why would I move that mountain range? It looks lovely right where it is. <laughs> I'm accepting it <laughs> as exactly. right where it is. But um, I think that, uh, um, uh, you know, realizing that, you know, if I have this conversation with this person, uh, you know, and again, thinking it through, as you've said, plan it. Um, we're either going to we're either going to remain friends or we're not. I had a, my best friend and I who I've known for 50 years. I'm 61 and I've known this guy since grade school, high school and college. We went on a trip together. At the end of the trip, we both accused the other of owing money. And I said, look, this relationship, this friendship is too important to me. If you're willing to call it even right here, right now, so am I. And he did. And we've been friends ever since. Oh, that's lovely. That, but see, that, and, and that's like really looking within and just going, what's the best solution? Yeah. What, what's the solution that's going to be the best win-win? Which brings me to some a little plug that I want to make, and Please. that is that I'm um, on March nineteenth, twenty March three three I'm teaching a class about how to communicate, how to use the real simple things that, that will bring joy, love, and peace in your verbal interactions. Because mm -hmm. there's only four simple rules that we weren't taught, mm. and. So it's like it's through adult ed. It's a free class and it's fun. It's not confrontative, but everybody learns the rules and practices the rules. And so it makes having those confrontations easy. It makes more intimacy because you're not making the violations. Instead, you're going with the four simple rules. Mm. So I would uh, suggest that if people are interested, intrigued, they could just uh, check out the website, the um, SBCC um, Extended Learning, and they can find me right there. 
But it's it's a fun way to learn what we just weren't taught. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not mention this. Uh, Jude Bijou is a, a resident of Santa Barbara, California. Ergo, True. why she mentioned SBCC. Uh, yes. So, folks, uh, you've got someone right here locally, if you're listening in the in the uh, Santa Barbara area uh, or in the county, for that matter. Um, you know, you can you can find out more about this. Uh, you can go to give me that website one more time for SBCC. SBCC dot uh, dot uh, dot org extensive uh, uh, extended learning. Extended learning. OK. Extended learning and All then right. tuition free. So Just, go to the Santa Barbara City College website and Extended Learning, and you'll find the title of the course. How to Communicate Simply, Lovingly, and Effectively. How to Communicate Simply, Lovingly, and Effectively. And that's very important. And, of course, I try to do that on this program. I get a little long-winded even in my stories. <clears throat> but um, we have a lot of fun on this program, and uh, we are so grateful for you giving us so much time here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Jude Bijou is my guest. Attitude Reconstruction is the book. AttitudeReconstruction.com is the website. We will be linked to your website, Jude, so that people can can connect with you. Do you do uh, 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 stuff online, or is it, uh, I mean, like sessions working with people maybe Absolutely. helping them uh, i mean you uh, have these acronyms ma i guess as a masters uh and m mft what are those uh, what do those stand for a marriage and family therapist so i'm i can take insurance i can write statements and people can get reimbursed but i see mostly couples and individuals um and do it on skype do it on uh zoom <laughs> Zoom, do it on the telephone. Um, yeah, do it in person. Um, and I and I love it. I, you know, I, it's just enjoying because people just are looking for information. They want to feel more joy, love, and peace, and they don't oh. want to feel crappy. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. We don't want to feel crappy. We want to feel happy. Which, exactly. by the way, is the title of a book. Oh, uh, from, crappy from crappy to happy. To... I'm sure that's <laughs> been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, put out by uh, Sacred Stories Publishing. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> and uh, we, we've we've had some of their authors on the the people who wrote letters in that particular or, or stories from that book. Also, uh, Mir- Mayhem to Miracles uh, was another book, and we did uh, we did what was it twelve twelve interviews with twelve of the contributors. And of course, the first book that was that was out by them uh, was uh, let's see here, Chaos to Clarity. That was the first book by Sacred Stories, where they put out this wonderful uh, collection of, I think it was like 30 30 different stories on different subjects, and it was wonderful. But yeah, we, we, that's kind of what we're all about here. We want people to thrive. I've, I have, I'll put it this way, I have had it up to here with surviving. I don't want to survive anymore. I want to live this life, okay, I'm not going anywhere. I want to thrive, and I want everybody to thrive. Joy, love, and peace. Joy, love, and peace. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> JLP. JLP <laughs> forever. That's JLP it. forever. Absolutely. Maybe I'll put a bumper sticker or something like that together. Slap it on a T-shirt. Skyride it. I don't know. I'll get, maybe I'll get my friend, uh, my my pilot friend, Scott Dweck. Uh, he can put one of those uh, 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 sprayers on the back of his plane and, yeah, and that'd be great. do letters in the air. Joy, love, and peace. 
Uh, I tell you, this has been a great hour. I can't thank you enough for giving us so much time. I'm hoping that uh, eventually we'll be able to do this in studio. Uh, but I like video, so I may end up having to invest in some cameras and that kind of thing. But, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. And uh, I have three final questions that I'd like to ask you that I have asked all of my guests. Sometimes you've answered uh, the questions during the interview, but I like to ask these questions pointedly. But before I do that, I want to let you know that this program is here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story, where we stream those programs live on richarddugan.com. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And uh, we are also on YouTube where you can watch these videos. I'm up to a whopping 61 subscribers. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very excited. Hey, I'm 61 and I have 61 subscribers. It's very cool. Uh, we have almost 65,000 listens to the podcast in the last four years and 33,500 of them in the last 12 months. What does that tell you? That is fantastic. And we also ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we ask you to Spend time in that quiet, still, calm, peaceful place filled with love, peace, and joy listening to that still, small voice. All right? I hope you'll do that. And if you can help us out financially, we'd also love that. If you'd like to do that, we have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And um, you can go to PayPal to send a contribution to us. They'll ask you for an email address. The email address is richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. And with that, we enter what I have uh, dubbed, um, uh, Jude, as the, uh, the lightning round of the game show we like to call Tell Me Your Story, where we ask the final three questions of our guests. And the first is, who is Jude Bijou? Who is Jude Bijou? A happy girl. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? To uh, share the knowledge that I've been fortunate enough to put together so that other people can feel more joy, love, and peace and less sadness, anger, and fear. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Uh, to go out happy. Oh, I like that. Well, thank you again, Jude. This has been a marvelous uh, program. We are going to have you back again, especially because you're local. I think uh, that's, that's fan. I love doing interviews with local folks here in Santa Barbara. Well, if I was in Phoenix, I'd be doing the same thing there, too. But, uh, again, I thank you so much for, uh, for being a part of the work that we're doing here. My pleasure. I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Until our next broadcast podcast, videocast, love to lol.